We offer these podcasts freely and your support really makes a difference. To make a donation, please visit patreon.com slash Ozkan Ozlem. There's a huge gap between uh, the brands and the workers. It's been too long like that. Uh, it really needs to change. And uh, we need to pay fair prices for the products we are buying so that the workers also get fair wages. The wisdom I always take with me is keep your eyes on the future and don't look back too much. And that's really what my mom taught me and how she raised me. Welcome everyone. I am Özlem Özkan from Amsterdam and I am your host for Bridging. In Bridging, I'm having conversations with people from all over the world. We talk about entrepreneurship, cultural diversity, self-empowerment, personal growth and other topics that shape our universe. So glad to have Naz Kavan as my guest today. She's a 28 years old social entrepreneur based in Amsterdam originally from Iraq and she also has a Kurdish background. She co-founded two companies, A Beautiful Mess and Montmaske Fabriek. A Beautiful Mess is a local textile factory based in the Netherlands and works with tailors with a refugee background. While those companies produce sustainable clothing for brands like Tommy Hilfiger and surgical masks for the medical industry, Nas enjoys being a social entrepreneur. In this episode, Nas tells us how she's not only dreaming about a more sustainable world, but how she practices what she teaches. She thinks time is now. We all have to take responsibility in what is happening in the world right now. Welcome, Nas Kawan, to the Bridging Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we're switching it uh, to English. We just talked Dutch. Exactly. So, Nas Kavan, a little introduction about you. It's actually not really little, I have to say. 27-year-old entrepreneur, co-founder of A Beautiful Mess, a local textile factory based in the Netherlands. And all staff and craftsmen, they they have a refugee background. And you locally uh, produce clothing for brands in the Netherlands, maybe even abroad. Besides that, you're also the co-founder of the Montmasker Fabrique, uh, the first surgical mask factory in the Netherlands. So um, what I understood is you make from the uh, left ozivers, from the vacuum cleaning bags from Philips. Is it, I don't know if it's true. <laughs> no. no, that's not true. Okay. <laughs> That's not true. Okay, so you are in the Montmaske Fabriek, you create uh, surgical uh, masks. Uh, Also with, I think, people from the refugee background. And you graduated from the Amsterdam Fashion Institute and at the same time you have a business degree. So I have said everything and I was really in awe when I first uh, read a lot about you. My first question to you is, Chawai Bashi. (laughs) Bye, Basha, my two Tony. Good start. What does it mean in Kurdish? No? It, uh, like Tony Bashi is, um, how are you? How are you? Yes. yes. Yeah. So when you meet, um, when you are at a conference or somewhere and you meet a stranger, how do you introduce yourself? 
Well, I um, always um, um, say my name, <laughs> but um, directly uh, tell people that I'm uh, from uh, the Netherlands, but uh, originally from Iraq. And uh, very quickly mention uh, what I uh, do in work. And I was talking with friends um, uh, last time uh, about this because uh, I really identify with my work because I work a lot. <laughs> so actually, it's um, they found it quite a strange thing to mention right away what you're doing. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's how I introduce myself, um, like uh, 90, 90 percent of the time. <laughs> okay. So can you tell us a little bit uh, about? Um a beautiful mess and the Mont Masque Fabrik. I hope I explained it a little bit right. Yeah, yeah, no, like the, the only thing what isn't correct is that we are making all the surgical masks out of vacuum uh, cleaner bags. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, it is true that we started that way with um, making samples because there was a shortage not only in um, the medical supplies medical equipment, but also in the raw materials. So we couldn't get it uh, uh, within the Netherlands from abroad. And that's how we sampled the first uh, surgical masks out of uh, vacuum cleaners. It's, uh, but it's uh, unfortunately not how we are really producing them. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, that would be very cool and um, uh, very uh, innovating. But um, yeah, what I uh, uh, what we do at the Beautiful Mess is that we uh, produce products locally, and we either uh, make products out of um, circular materials, uh, leftover fabrics, or uh, leftover uh, like textile waste of companies um, which they created themselves, and uh, we do that together with uh, highly skilled uh, tailors with a refugee background. And that's very interesting to know because uh, we have a very big network within the Netherlands with um, uh, tailors with a refugee background, actually, mm -hmm. because the textile industry was in Syria uh, like uh, 12 years ago before the war, uh, comparable to uh, the industry as it is today in like the global south, India, Bangladesh, etc. So uh, that's a very interesting uh, development you see. And um, we combine the talents of the people with uh, the circular economic challenges we uh, face within the Netherlands. And um, at the surgical mask factory at the Mondmasker Fabriek, um, we have a bit of the same ingredients because we um, combine social impact with uh, producing locally. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's really um, what the companies have in common as well. That uh, we find it very important to um, uh, to yeah involve people within the society and give them a space and um, uh, through a job and yeah. Uh, yeah. What was the initial intention of the start? Was it like, hey, there are many skilled, highly skilled uh, refugee tailors around and we want to give them a job because I also know that you really like fashion, you know? Yeah. Uh, how, how was that? What was the intention? Yeah, so I have, uh, I always had a passion for the fashion industry, but uh, not uh, especially the aesthetical part of it, but more the supply chain and how we build the industry. 
so that was where my interests were and um and therefore like uh, my personal interests uh, had more to do with uh, the target group we work with uh so people with a refugee background and um a participation within a society through uh, jobs and um really in involve them and in, uh, shaping an inclusive inclusive uh, fashion landscape but um yeah a beautiful mess i started with uh fleur bakker and um, she's also really known with uh, working with uh, the target group through her work uh, within refugee company and we really combined our um, uh, expertise our passions and um, so we were searching for the right combination of uh, the social impact you can make this way and uh, at the other hand um, uh, realize a local production facility yeah so, you know, for, for the listener eh, now that might not be in the fashion industry, what are actually the benefits of really locally producing instead of maybe just going to the H&M and getting a T-shirt of $5.99, what is it? What is a benefit of locally producing? I think the biggest benefit um, besides uh, that it has uh, like a huge social impact and a, a small uh, environmental impact mm -hmm. for the consumer himself, it's the biggest change is really um, knowing where your product comes from mm -hmm. and who made your clothes. So that's really important uh, within our uh, work field that we really honor the people for their craftsmanship again, that, uh, that we give a stage to the tailors we work with. Mm -hmm. But looking at the industry, that's one of the biggest problems you face that um, uh, that there's a huge gap between um, like um, uh, the brands and the workers. Mm -hmm. And it's um, uh, it, it's been like too long like that. So it's uh, it really needs to change, and uh, we need to pay fair prices for the products we are buying, mm -hmm. so that the workers also get fair wages, and th that's the biggest difference actually. So I already hear now listeners saying, "Hey, which brands are you producing for? Where can we buy it? So what which brands are you already working with?" Yeah, so uh, we are uh, we partnered up with uh, Tommy Hilfiger, uh, Tommy Jeans. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we um, are uh, working together with uh, Tony Chocoloni, with uh, other big corporate uh, clients. And um, what you see a lot is that um, the, fas the fashion industry um, needed more time to uh, really shift the industry towards a more inclusive and sustainable fashion landscape. So um, it's an, a very um, uh, difficult industry also to um, uh, change. And uh, a lot of our products are um, offered by the clients. So uh, Tommy Jeans is uh, probably now our biggest fashion client, yeah. which uh, is offering the products um, uh, in Europe. So as a consumer, when I go to Tommy's website, can I just see then it's made by a beautiful mess? Can I identify it? Yeah, so um, they shared it through her, their socials and uh, they communicated how it's made. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so it's uh, you can 
definitely track and trace it, but it's um, also a, co a very uh, nice collection we will launch this year mm -hmm. and where we also put a lot of effort in um, in the track and trace and really um, give uh, all the information to the consumer about how the product is made, who it made and, um, and where it's made, of course. So actually, you know, you you already said many sustainable benefits like environmental but also one i think very important thing that touched me is people with really good skills tailoring skills they get good jobs they get fair price they also get integrated in the society yes. and by actually buying a tommy jeans or any other brand that you're working with it's not only the product you buy but you really support this 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 and this so it's really nice it's i i just want to thank you that you're doing this job really thanks yeah and i think it's also very important that uh for us it's very uh like transparency is one of the big uh, it's really at the core of the business as well so that's what uh what are the like these are the benefits for the companies we work with uh, as well, what they uh, can really feel and see directly. Because mm -hmm. we are based in Amsterdam and they can uh, come in whenever they want or uh, they know all the tailors and they... Can work. I come in whenever I want? <laughs> like, oh, of course, like during this pandemic, it's, no. uh, <laughs> it's a different story. But, <laughs> <laughs> but usually when it is open, like before the pandemic, yeah. you could come in. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like a museum that everyone can come in, but more like the benefit we which we offer to our clients. It's like transparency is key, and we find it important that uh, that you know the tailors and that you recognize the tailors and also for their craftsmanship. And we and it's this is also a way of creating a space where uh, talents can meet each other so we have uh, designers of Tommy Hilfiger working very closely with the tailors yeah and um, and that's really um, what we are aiming to do yeah you know not from a technical financial technical viewpoint but more from um, um, the point of activities that you're doing it even feels like a non-profit is it a non-profit or is it a for-profit organization it's a for-profit uh, organization and I uh, I really d uh, hope that we can also inspire other companies that you can combine the, the social impact that you can combine the sustainability and the profit all at the same time. And uh, if you ask me, that's really the future uh, uh, of our economy, how we need to shape it. So um, no, it's definitely for profit. And um, that's also the, the way to uh, pay fair wages as well to our tailors. To, um, and uh, that goes along with fair pricings for the products which uh, we are producing. So what do you think the right balance is then, you know, between uh, the profits, but also like, you know, a project around like giving back? I would just say it's giving back to people offering their jo them jobs and also the brands offering great quality products and the consumer offering a product which is made uh, environmental friendly. Yes. Yeah, I think the right balance is uh, like how we, um, uh, our structure, our governance is really based on putting 70% of the profit back into, into our uh, social mission, 
social impact and um, uh, looking at our collaborations and the companies we work with it has really to do with offering uh, quality goods and asking fair prices for the products we are producing and uh, it can be as easy as that um, the challenge is is that you are uh, competing with um, unrealistic price prices we are paying nowadays for products so that's like uh, the bad side of it and uh, the, the difficult part and um, so it has it's also like educating the vast majority of um, of the society uh, in, in, in a level that um, that we uh, realize that the products we are buy, buying nowadays, that the prices we are paying for the products are far from the reality. And that uh, at the other side of um, the table, someone else is paying the price for it. And um, yeah, so that's like the ugly truth about it, uh, which um, we really need to see as consumers, as uh, a society, as co as a company, and uh, really take our responsibility for it as well. Love it, really nice. <laughs> so the entrepreneur in you, Nas, was it always in you? Yeah, I think like uh, for me, it's very important to feel independent. Uh, but also to uh, make a difference. So that was really um, uh, like it was growing like a fire inside of me that I really wanted to do something about all the things I felt so frustrated about. <laughs> so I think um, I think it's also a result of uh, feeling very conscious of um, how we uh, organize systems within the industry and uh, within the society as well. Um, how does your refugee background relate with the things you have done, you do, and actually you will do in the future? I mean, you are 27, you co-founded two companies. What's more to come there? You know, how does it relate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, that my own background uh, plays a huge role in uh, the work I do. And I think it, it, it affected me a lot, of course. And um, in a way that you are very conscious about what's going on, uh, like um, outside. <laughs> so I had, I felt I had that experience uh, at a very young age. And that makes you very conscious about, um, uh, yeah, sometimes the ugly truth of uh, society and what's going on. and. Um, and I think the positive thing about it is to uh, to uh, use that um, to make like yeah, it's really it gives me energy to uh, do something about it and really giving back as well. Did you felt the very need of supporting helping people? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it goes along with um, uh, a responsibility, I feel, as well. And it all has also to do that uh, we are, uh, I'm aware, like, I'm very aware of how privileged we are. Mm -hmm. and, and not only me, but like, uh, the, like uh, the biggest part of uh, the people uh, uh, within the Netherlands or uh, in the West uh, Europe. But um, I think uh, that goes with the responsibility you are carrying as well. And, um, and I think it's uh, very important to look outside yourself and outside your own family um, because it's a, it's a bigger picture where we live in. So. Yes, yes. 
So how would you describe yourself as an entrepreneur? So what kind of entrepreneur are you? I think um, uh, I, uh, I really like to look for solutions rather than um, um, difficulties. But um, yeah, really uh, what I really aim to do within the companies as well is combining the social impact with uh, the urgency of uh, climate change, sustainability, and um, uh, with a clear eye to the future. I think you have a lot of scales because that's why, I mean, you started, you've co-founded these two companies. So if there is one skill that you could name, which was a really big asset for you and for actually the companies, which skill would that be? Yeah, it uh, would definitely be um, doorzettingsvermogen. How do you say it? Like, determined, being determined. Yeah, being determined. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was speaking Dutch all day. And mostly I speak English. Or but yeah. Always, I constantly say things in Dutch during the podcast, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, being determined, yeah. So, and if, if there are young entrepreneurs there, you know, I can already hear saying like, hey, she has done it. She had this drive and uh, determination and she did it. And maybe they, they want to do things in other industries and also at the same time want to give back. What would you recommend them? Maybe the first few steps, because not everyone's determined initially, you know? Yeah. Well, I think with like um, I read a book from zero to one from P Peter Thiel and that was really helpful. Uh, I, uh, I read it like a few years ago. Um, he's from the tech industry, but what I found very um, uh, where I really can relate with him is that you need to start a company which really improves um, nor the industry where you will operate in or the society you are living in and i think that's where everyone needs to start like am i doing something to really improve um either the society or uh on the level of climate change or sustainability and um uh, and next to that um like more on a personal level uh don't let people uh, tell you that you can't do anything <laughs> yes when you hear a no just tell yourself, I'm close to the yes. <laughs> I heard many no's. <laughs> I didn't really hurt the no's. They, like, they, they were there. People were saying it, but I didn't really. <laughs> yeah, but it's very good that, you know, the listener hears this because sometimes we only see now like, okay, the Naskavan, she co-founded the two companies, but what is really the... The story at the background there that we don't know, actually, you know, the nose there. It's, it's good for the listener that uh, they heard this, too. So about sustainable living, you know, there are many people, especially in the Netherlands, in Europe, in the Nordics, busy with, you know, maybe getting vegan leather clothing or getting a lot of people are vegan, vegetarian, uh, a lot of different things. But what could be daily practices of people? in order to get a little bit more conscious about the env our environment? Yeah, I think that uh, like I get that question a lot. And I think the most easiest way of doing that is really ask yourself, uh, do I really need the product which I'm buying? 
but uh, most importantly, ask yourself where is it made and who made it. And um, it, it's a, re a really easy tool to um, make you think differently about um, the products you are buying because uh, transparency is key to really uh, shape a, a sustainable and uh, inclusive uh, economic landscape as well. And it will really help you to understand how much is hidden uh, from the consumer. And um, and it's also uh, in uh, in like mo most of the times it's also hidden for a reason, <laughs> um, and that's also the ugly truth about uh, the industry. So um, it will really help if you ask yourself who made my clothes or who made the product, where is it made, and um, what am I supporting as a consumer at this moment by purchasing this product or. So are we then talking about, you know, the label in a T-shirt, for example, that you see made in Turkey, China, Bangladesh, really to be practical for the listener? Like, uh, does it mean if it's China, oh, it's not sustainable? How, how does that work? Yeah, so um, I don't mean to dive in all the uh, into all the labels, but more into the companies where, are, where you are purchasing products. So that will make it a bit easier for yourself as well to uh, really dive in in a company and uh, also ask the companies where it's made. Because that's what we hear uh, from within an industry a lot as well, is that they get more and more questions of their clients who are asking whom, who are making the clothes or who are uh, where is it made. And um, they want more information before they purchase the product. So there, you, you, you see that, that there's a lot happening over there. And at the other side, the companies are also telling us like, we don't have the answers. So uh, for us, it's also, um, it's, it creates an urge to, um, to think about it differently as well. And I think um, uh, th that you can make an impact on that uh, micro level as well as a consumer when buying products. So guys, do your research, I would say, then do your research about the fashion clothing brands. Uh, where do you buy from? When yeah. is the newest collection for Tommy dropping? Like when is it launching for the consumer? Well, I, yeah, I can't tell a lot about it yet. Okay. But, um, it will be early, uh, like mid this year. Mid this year. Yeah. Okay. So um, you said in one of your Instagram posts, actually, you reposted a quote from someone. I would like to read that. It says, do your little bit of goods where you are. If it's those little bits of goods put together, that overwhelm the world. Said by Desmond Tutu, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean to you? Yeah, so for me, it means that um, like uh, we are facing huge problems in the world and that can make you uh, feel a bit numb because where do you start and how much can you do as an in individual? Uh, how much impact can you make or uh, what kind of difference you can make um, when you like facing uh, such, a, uh, such big challenges? And uh, what really helped me to, uh, to, uh, to do what I'm doing is to look at it more at a micro level. So uh, more, if, if in my case, it's, uh, it's um, yeah, 
entrepreneur, social entrepreneurship, doing it locally, uh, focusing on uh, the society and uh, the country where I'm in. Um, and of course, you can always take it further when your moment is there, but like you need to start somewhere. So I think that a lot of people, um, uh, and that's what I hear a lot as well, is that they, um, that they feel a bit numb when thinking of these big, huge problems um, uh, in the world. And uh, it, it can really make you feel like um, you don't, yeah, that you don't know where to start. So um, I think this quote, I shared it because I really related to it and it really helped me to, to look at it more at my point of view because uh, you can't solve everything. You can't, um, uh, and even like you can't uh, create peace on your own, <laughs> in your own uh, little city or it's, um, uh, it's really about your starting point. And I think um, that, that's what I really like about this quote. Okay. So what is the wisdom that you have gained uh, during being a social entrepreneur? I think um, I gained a lot of experience, which I didn't have, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I started this, uh, like the company uh, in my in the last year of my study. So it's not that I had gained a lot of experience by working elsewhere or within other big companies. So it, it really has to do with uh, uh, building experience, but also uh, working so closely with so many different cultures. Um, and that can really make you feel rich as well. So that's, um, uh, that's yeah, I think the good, the good side of it as well. But um, the wisdom I always take with me is uh, keep your eyes on the future and don't look back too much. And that's really what my mom taught me and how she raised me. And I think it's also um, when you grow older, you realize how much that affected you and still does. So um, it affected me in a way to um, always look 10 years uh, before me, like, um, like 10 years in the future. Okay, um, 10 years forwards. Don't look backwards. <laughs> uh, the spiritual teacher said, like, you cannot uh, drive forwards by looking backwards. When you are, you know, on the highway, if you look backwards, you cannot drive. So you have to look forwards. In order yeah, you will crash. <laughs> Indeed, otherwise you will crash. <laughs> I, I think it's different if you if you grew up in like uh, I don't know uh, if it was like a fairy tale, but um, it's uh, it's it's like don't get me wrong, it's not uh, there's nothing wrong with us like now and then looking back to your good moments or your bad or um, either how, but um, that's really the wisdom my mom. Um, uh, how she raised me and uh, what I take with me every day. And um, it uh, really affects also like um, uh, my awareness about the sustainability because it's everything has to do with how the future will look. So um, yeah, that would be the wisdom I would share with everyone, I guess. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much for that. So uh, my last question is actually, 
about uh, a bridge because you know bridging is about taking people on a bridge to somewhere else and sometimes to a familiar place and sometimes to a new place we are really here to learn from our guests and uh, if you could take the listener on a bridge where would you like to take them Wow, <laughs> I would probably like I could make a very long list and I think I um, would really go for a place where most people would get a reality check and um, yeah, to keep it a more a, a bit more um, in um, like uh, around the beautiful mess, I would take the listener to one of the factories in the global south in India or Bangladesh to really see how the workers there are working uh, under um, the kind of uh, working conditions and um, yeah, maybe work with them for a day <laughs> to see um, how, uh, yeah, just to have a reality check as well. I think it's um, um, uh, why the system is that strong is also because it's easy to ignore that it's there because it's far away, you don't see it, you don't read about it all the time. So um, that's something what I find important as well, uh, through my work with The Beautiful Mess as well, to also, um, yeah, have, a, ha have space for educating also the clients or the vast majority of the society um, about the working circumstances for the people within the industry and um, um, also uh, spread the awareness about these um, topics. Great, thank you so much. I want to go on that bridge with you. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for listening. If you have loved this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find me on Instagram at Oskan Oslem at O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M if you want to let me know what you have enjoyed or you want to share your takeaways with me or you want to let me know what you want to hear in the next episode of Bridging find the latest post on Instagram and leave a comment or ask a question thank you so much for listening <laughs>